You are listening to Lord of Harvest Sermons at lordofharvest.org. This morning, uh, I just want to talk about um, uh, as we celebrate the Lenten season. Amen. As we journey uh, into the cross and as we celebrate uh, Palm Sunday next week and then um, um, Easter the following week, uh, really take the time uh, about um, exploring the road uh, that Jesus went through and, 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 and the way of the cross. And the background, give us some, some appreciation of the tradition and, and uh, not just to commemorate the past, but really um, mine from uh, the Bible, mine from God's word of how it is relevant for us in, in, in our walk and our spiritual growth today. Is that okay with you? Amen. Um, this morning, I, I just want to share with you um, uh, uh, this picture. Don't show it yet, I'll cue you in. Uh, but I shared with this, this picture before. I think it was a Good Friday service a few years ago. Um, it, it's a picture um, that was shared, firstly, um, by um, Dr. Thomas Kuhn. Um, Dr. Thomas Kuhn was a scientist. He coined the term, actually, um, called paradigm shift. Um, this is, he wrote a book in the 60s called um, Scientific Revolutions or uh, Scientific Structures. And, um, you know, we've used this term in, in, in the church uh, before. We've used this term in, in the business um, community. Um, it's called a paradigm shift. And what that, um, that, vocab- what that, what that word, or that phrase actually means is really a shifting. Um, and it's, it's, an, it's, it's bringing on a, a new information or a new idea that will revolutionize and transcend uh, one industry or one uh, pillar of society, and and it, it's so revolutionary that it will it will change the methodologies and, and the way of doing life, the way of doing business, the way of doing a relationship. That it would transcend its its its, its initial intent, and it will shift the paradigm uh, from one uh, one base of culture to another. Uh, for example. Um, uh, in the medical uh, field or medical industry, I'm not an expert. You could, you could, this, you could verify this information with, uh, with the MeToo family. They're, they've owned uh, the business you just sold is, uh, is Trinity Vocational School. Hundreds of, of nurses uh, have graduated from there. Very successful one at that. But, but there is this one period in, in, in history where, where uh, in, 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 the, in the medical field, uh, doctors were uh, doing surgery uh, and, and, and cross-contaminating uh, one patient and the other because uh, they didn't know anything about germs or, or microorganisms and bacteria. And so when that was discovered, um, and, and new information was, uh, was, was, uh, was surfaced, the, the, methodology, the methodologies of how they did the doctoring or the surgeries had to change because new information was introduced now, have, with that new information, uh, they were, had to, ch- to change and modify their old way of doing things, okay, because of the new information. So uh, instead of going from one patient to the next, cross-contaminating him, uh, and they're scratching their heads. Now they, said, they, they found out, like, you know what, there's things called little germs. Imagine little doctors. Like, what are you talking about, germs? We can't see it. <laughs> All right? Um, but with the new information, they started washing hands and, and, and sterilizing, right? And, and so the new, <clears throat> uh, there was new methodologies that, were, that would have to be adapted because of the new information. 
It didn't just stay in the medical field. Now, when they, when they discovered all these little micro thingies, again, I'm not a scientist. I'm a business person. <laughs> it didn't just stay there. Now it crossed over into, <clears throat> like, the, when they found out DNAs, right? Now the Department of Justice and, 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 and uh, the police, they now have this new tool of, of, of understanding DNA, Right, and cases had to be reopened because people who were jailed and and um, and um, uh, wrongly accused of now have new information of, of, of proving whether they're innocent or not. Okay, old way of doing things, new information. How does it change uh, in the fabric of society? And uh, with the World Wide Web. Okay, I, I know I look young. But back when I was going to college, when I graduated high school, right when I graduated high school, that's when the email was just introduced. I remember I used to go to having to go to, so that was the, the shifting from actually writing into now emailing people. And in the World Wide Web, while I was a freshman in college, started infiltrating the whole, the whole uh, uh, college system. Right? And I'm like, what is this WWD? No. <laughs> WW World Wide Web Internet, because I used to in in in, in back in high school, I, we had to learn how to to, to use and, and, and file um, the um, uh, stuff in the in the in the libraries, and you had to learn how to use a catalog, right? That was that was a class. They don't have that class anymore. <laughs> Been obsolete. So uh, during this whole transition and during this whole shift. We had, I was looking at microfiche because I did have a law class. <laughs> but I didn't turn out to be a liar. <laughs> Where is Sister Amina? She's not here. We don't want to offend any lawyers. I think they're on vacation. <laughs> um, so uh, now we have the World Wide Web and the Internet, and you got keyboards. I surf the surf, but now people surf the Internet. Right? Change the whole fabric of society of how we do things, right? The way we do business. No more fax machines, we just email, right? People lost their jobs. People had, who were experts and skilled at one, uh, at one, um, at one point. Now with this, new, uh, with this new introduction of information, of new technology, the whole landscape of industry has changed because it's shifting uh, from one old paradigm to another. You follow me? Okay. Some of you guys had to take classes. Some of you guys had to go back to school. Okay, because our old jobs are now uh, irrelevant because the the the, uh, the the paradigm has shifted from the old to the new. Amen. Amen. Sometimes maybe sometimes I got to go back to school at some point, <laughs> right? Relearn some new skills and new crafts. In the in the in the uh, religious um, landscape, um, I forget the date. I'm terrible with numbers, but I remember a, 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 a gentleman named Martin Luther. I think it was in the 1600s, 1800s. I, don't quote me on that. But he was thinking and he was praying and, and, and he, he, was a, he was a priest in the Roman Catholic um, uh, Church and he started looking around and he saw the, 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 uh, the scripture and he saw uh, the reality of things and he came up with the 96 Thesis. Went out to the, the door of the Roman Catholic Church, nailed it. And, 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 and those 96 theses changed the landscape of, of, you know what? The church is an all-in-one righteous. We don't have to go to the church 
But we don't have to ask the Pope for forgiveness. We actually can be justified by faith and we can have direct access to God. And that new information just blew every... People wanted to kill him. All right? We had this new uh, uh, birth of different um, denominations. The, pro, the, the, the Protestant church uh, split off from the, uh, from the Roman Catholics. And now we even have uh, different uh, denominations in the Protestant uh, realm. Assembly of God, Four Square, Baptist, etc., etc. Amen? Amen. Sir, back to uh, Dr. Thomas Kuhn. When he introduced this, uh, this uh, terminology of, of, of paradigm shift, he actually, when he would do his seminars and lectures uh, uh, um, all over, he would show this picture to, to make a, a comment. Can you show that uh, picture, please, now? All right, cool. He would, he, he would uh, show this to make a point. All right. He says, hey, this is a picture of a duck. But if you look close enough, it's actually a rabbit. Right? This morning when I was, when I was transferring this, when I was emailing this, my little boy was me, the, the little John John there. I told him, uh, what picture, what, what, do you, what do you see? He said, I see a rabbit. And then, I, and then he said, and then I asked him, do you see the duck? He says, no, it's a rabbit. And I close it, and I reopen it again. I says, do you see the rabbit now? He says, oh, I see a rabbit and the duck. Do you guys all see both the rabbit and the duck? Yes. Does anybody see just one? I'm just curious. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Liars go to church. <laughs> all right, we can do like, take that off. Uh, if you want that picture and you want to look at it longer, I'll forward it to you. <laughs> but would you uh, turn with me? We're, we're going to explain. We're going to um, uh, explore in just uh, in about uh, twenty minutes um, the shift of the uh, a fair, uh, paradigm, <laughs> a paradigm shift uh, of the Old Testament into the New, where in the Bible Jesus drops a statement in the New Testament, and 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 the old paradigm of the Passover shifts on to uh, communion. Okay? Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 22, please? Luke chapter 22 and uh, verse 14 to 23. Would you stand with me, please, in honor of the word? I'm reading from the New King James this morning. Luke 22, verse 14 through 23. In some of your Bibles, it'll, it'll say, Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. Take note of that, okay? Verse 14, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Uh, then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Take note here. The Last Supper was actually, they were celebrating Passover. Okay? Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Amen. He took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question among themselves which of them it was who uh, would do this thing. Father God, we just thank you this morning for your word. May it just engraft and, 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 and go into our minds and our hearts to, uh, as a seed to grow and, and to transform us into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We are grateful, Holy Spirit, moving our midst these next few uh, minutes, Lord. And just um, uh, we give you permission to transform our minds. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Matthew 26, verse 26, 28. Similar account. Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples. And he said, take, eat, for this is my body. So the disciples at that point had celebrated Passover for decades. It was, it, was a, it was a national thing. It was something that they did ritualistically. It was something that they were very familiar with. But what Jesus does in this, in this regular event, in this regular annual event, when they're, taking, when they're, when they're passing the bread and when they're, when they're passing the, um, uh, the wine which they were familiar with as, as, symbol, uh, as symbols of Passover, he just drops a statement and a bomb that just will echo through and shift one paradigm to another. He says, this bread is my body. The disciples were familiar with the bread, but this new statement is something different. And when the cup, when the wine was passed, and when it came through, he says, This is my blood. I'm being there scratching my head. Wait a minute. This is the bread. This is the leaven bread. This is the celebration bread. We've done this before. It's what you're supposed to eat every, 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 uh, every year in Passover. What do you mean this is your bread? I mean, this bread is your body. And this, are we talking about cannibalism? You know, that's how Jesus uh, lost most of his followers. In, in the book of John, when he started pinpointing and, 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 and declaring that he was the body of Christ and he was the blood, okay? And he says, you have to partake of this, otherwise you have no part in me, okay? <clears throat> the Last Supper, we're celebrating Passover, which Jesus makes these statements and shifts from Passover to now what we, what we do uh, also is a, a ritualistic thing. We're not doing it tonight, uh, today. I think at the first of the month, which is now communion, what we celebrate as, as Christians. Amen? Amen. So uh, this morning, I just want to explore, first of all, the origins of, of, of Passover. What is it? Okay. Why do they celebrate it? And why is it relevant today? Okay. If, if you have a Jewish friend or a Jewish background, they might be able to help you out. I actually did, I, I, I've attended a, a Seder before. What a Seder is, is, is a, um, it's, it's, a, it's the, the celebration of Passover. It's that dinner where they have uh, the Passover dinner. 
And um, there are elements in there which, uh, which, which they have, and, and it's essential to commemorate the Passover from like millennia ago. What the Passover is, let me go back. It's biblical. It's an, it's an exodus in the story of, uh, you're going to see Charlton Heston movie probably come out, uh, Exodus, or the Ten Commandments. They usually come out right about Passover. And this is why Passover and the Holy Week is usually it's intertwined, okay? Because Jesus is Jewish, okay? Uh, um, as you can remember, uh, the, uh, the, um, the Israelite nations were, were under slavery, under ba- uh, bondage, uh, for 500, uh, 500 years in, in, in Egypt. And uh, when uh, God delivered him using Moses, he used ten plagues, okay, to, um, to irritate the Pharaoh, uh, the king of Egypt at the time. And the tenth plague was the final straw that basically got them freed. What the, what the plague was, um, uh, God speaks through Moses. He says, you know what, this one, Every firstborn, every firstborn son, every first fruit, every cow, every herd you have, goat, lamb, they're going to die in this whole area, in this land, because the death thing is going to pass by, and everything first, I'm taking. Okay? And it says, how to avoid the death, do this ceremony. You get a, a spotless lamb, you consecrate it for five days. On the fifth day, sacrifice it. You, you, uh, you make some unleavened bread, and you eat some uh, bitter, um, uh, bitter herbs, and with the blood, you mark your doorpost. Okay? And then the death angel at night will pass over. If they see the blood, that means that death has already come through this home, and it will pass over okay, this home because it's already seen the blood the lifeblood on the post. And so what happens on that, uh, on that tenth plague, uh, the death angel passed through the, uh, the, the, the Goshen, uh, where the Israelites were encamped, passed over them, went to Egypt, and every firstborn uh, male heard, firstborn son of Pharaoh died. And uh, long story short, the Israelites were delivered from their bondage. Amen? Remember that story? Upon seeing the, uh, the blood, the death angel would pass. Um, the elements of the, of the modern-day um, uh, um, Seder, which is the, the Passover, again, they would eat the lamb, okay, and uh, unleavened bread to remind them and prep them because they didn't have enough time to put dough in there, which now comes to symbolize uh, dough as sin, okay? Uh, and also uh, bitter herbs to remember their, 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 slave, their slave days, the bitter time that they had in Egypt, okay? And so that is their tradition. And it actually, in Leviticus, chapter 23, you can look there. Uh, don't have time to uh, go into it, but uh, on your own devotional. Uh, Leviticus, chapter 23, uh, read the whole chapter, but uh, the, uh, the Passover is, is uh, instituted in verse 5 through 8, okay? And in the origins of, of, of the Passover in Exodus, chapter 12, Exodus chapter 13. All right? You got that? Now, <clears throat> the, the Jewish people were commanded to do this. It was part of their, of their ritual as a nation. It was, it's part of their heritage for millennia. Okay? 
They've been doing this every year to commemorate, to remember what God uh, has done and delivered them from a, a, a life of bondage, a, a life of slavery, and, and, and how a, um, a, uh, a, an innocent, pure, spotless lamb consecrated for five days was set apart and then sacrificed and slaughtered. Blood poured out on the doorposts, eaten, partaken of, okay? All symbols, all shadows to point to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'll tell you, I'll give you this fact. I mean, just from, from doing research this week. Did you know? It's five days before the Passover sacrifice, the lamb was slaughtered. It was actually recorded in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. It says five days before you, do, before you sacrifice the lamb. That's when you consecrate. That's when you select. Select your sacrifice. That's when you consecrate the lamb. Okay? Do you know what five days before the crucifixion was? Good Friday? It was Palm Sunday. Where Jesus was, mar- was Jesus rode on a donkey into the hills of Jerusalem. And people were declaring him, Messiah, Messiah, he's going to save us. They wanted him to be a political savior. They waved the palm branches and said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That was a time where he was getting set apart. And that's when he wept over Jerusalem because they missed it. Throughout all the millennia of, 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 and years of, of, uh, of, of times where they, they saw the shadow, they missed the real thing. They missed the reality of the shadow. They were just paying attention to the, oh, look, cool, shadow. He was like, I'm here. It's me. They're not taking my life. I'm setting it for a sacrifice. See, if, if, the, Romans, if the Romans executed him, because first of all, you guys, especially the, the encounter folks, you guys, we, saw a clip, we, we showed a clip of the, of the Passion for like a few minutes, five minutes. It is brutal. I mean, I've seen the Passion once is in entirety, maybe twice. It's nothing that I care to see. It's not something I, I celebrate. Oh, hey, man, we'll watch Passion of the Christ. It's going to be a good night. The first time I actually saw that movie, there were times where I was uh, broken there were times where I was like, wow, I had a smile on my face. What, somebody would go to this extent and experience horrific punishment and brutality for me? For me? I felt loved. How twisted that might be. But in, 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 in that road where, where, where Jesus is giving and reaching out, to a people, to an alien nation. That's us who doesn't understand his, his, the communication of an ever-omnipotent God talking to a creation who has an infinitesimal mind with a circumference of how many inches is this? And he communicated through the birth and death of Jesus Christ. Because we couldn't reach him. He had to come down. Amen? To the point 
to a, to a, to a, to a, to a perspective where we can understand his immense love for us. Amen? And it is, it is written in, 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 in love letters, in types, in shadows, in, 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 in pictures of. And he, and he came in the reality of Jesus Christ. He did. He went through all that trouble because we, like sheep, are dumb. Amen? Amen. Give me a drink of water here. Bless you. The day Jesus was crucified was the day of the Passover celebration and the day of the sacrificial lamb was to be sacrificed. We look at the timeline of Holy Week. You have Palm Sunday, five days before Good Friday. Okay? Thursday, Last Supper. Friday, crack of dawn. That's when they, that's when they seized him at the, the Garden of Gethsemane. Crucified him. By, by, uh, by uh, the afternoon, hanging on the cross, he cries, it is finished. Do you know what time of the day they get the sacrificial lamb out? 3 p.m., right before dusk, right about the same time. And there's a symbol, uh, there's, what, there's what they do uh, in, in, in the ritual of, of Passover, of sacrificing the lamb. They blow a ram's horn. Okay. The, pre, the high priest would blow a, a, a horn uh, and the whole nation would go silent for minutes. And this was to, to, com, uh, to, um, uh, to bring remembrance of their sins, of their past, and understand the gravity of, of, of their sins being passed on into this innocent, poor little uh, lamb and be made as a scape lamb goat for them to take away their sins for the year. In the same time, this was happening ceremonially in the, um, uh, in the temple. Jesus was being crucified. And he's, and he's, screaming, and he's uttering his last words, his, 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 uh, uh, his seven last words. It is finished. Amen? Again, in this, in this Lenten season, you know, as, we, as we celebrate, have fun, throw eggs around. Can we pause and note the gravity, the severity of what God has done to reach out to us, to explain to us, and to to show his love for a creation that he loves so much. He loved you so much. He so loved. He didn't just love you. He said, so loved. When he was creating man, and uh, when he created uh, the fish and the seas and, uh, and, and, the, and the earth and the universe, he said, it was good. When he created man in, in, in Genesis 6, he said, it was very good. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're very good. You're very good. Even if they need more makeup, you're still very good. <laughs> it is finished. And I close with this. Again, if, 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 if the Romans executed him, it would have been just 
an execution. They were expert at it, as we've seen in the movie. They've, they, prisoners who have done wrong uh, for uh, thieves that uh, Jesus were uh, hanging on the cross with, criminals, okay, uh, they were expert at punishing and executing. They had it down to a science and an art to the point where they would suffer but not die, all right? They had the cat of nine tails to whip you. Most men didn't even survive that. Jesus did with entrails and muscle and bone tissue hanging out, carried a cross up the hill, and then was crucified. He died of asphyxiation, which is, he can't breathe anymore. He couldn't breathe. Every time he, he, he got up, it was, it was so painful, his back was ripped out. Take a breath, and then just basically ran out of breath. His last words, it is finished. Okay? Um, <clears throat> usually, how the Roman soldiers would, would just finish off your face. The sun's coming down. This guy's taking too long. Let's break his bones. When Jesus, when, when he came, they broke the bones of the two thieves. When it was time for Jesus, he was already dead. Prophetically. In the Old Testament, it says no bones were, were, were broken in his body. They didn't have to break it. Amen? Amen. Amen. During the trial, this, the trial, where's the, no lawyers again, right? During the trial, it would have been an execution if Pontius Pilate says, okay, he's done something wrong. He committed treason against Caesar. He's going to put him in jail. We're going to execute him. Let me back up. In the Old Testament, you know how they picked the Passover, uh, the Passover lamb? They would take it to the priest. The priest would examine it for blemishes, okay, for any uh, infirmities. Check its papers. Okay, pass. This one is consecrated. This one is worthy to be signed, and they would sacrifice the lamb. Jesus was not crucified, but it's executed by the Romans. You know who said crucify him? It was the high priest and his own people and the Jews. <laughs> he says, your blood, uh, let, let not his blood be upon you, Pontius Pilate, will, let it be upon us and our children's children. Yeah? And they said, crucify him. It was the high priest who examined the blood, the, the lamb. It was the high priest that consecrated Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? It was Jesus Christ who suffered and died to share his love for you and I. With immense suffering, with immense pain. And as we finish the next, the next few weeks, of the Lenten season. We would not take that for granted. We would not take it lightly, but really examine, just as, as the people did when the ram's horn blew, the gravity of what Christ paid for our sins to be redeemed. Amen? Amen. He paid his life because he loved you and I.